I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, June 7th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, it's Beeb's Brew Day. Are you excited? You know, I can't tell you what I get more excited about. Roll up the rim or the Beeb's Brew launch. It's a tough one. Well, this is obviously more exciting, and we're recording this on Monday. So, Biebs Brew, which is Justin Bieber's latest collab with Tim Hortons, launched today. I didn't see any longer lines at Tim Hortons than I usually do, but there are always lines at Tim Hortons, so they seem to know what they're doing, at least in downtown Toronto. Can you explain to me what it actually is? It's like a new drink. Is it a coffee-based beverage? It is a coffee-based beverage. Apparently, Justin Bieber likes his coffee cold and on ice, so there's a number of flavors of, like, iced coffee. But in the end, it's just iced coffee. How dare you, Brett? It's a Beebs Tim Hortons collab iced coffee, which makes it probably more delicious. I think it's important that you disclose to the Peak Pals, though, that you do have a conflict of interest in this as the owner of multiple Tim Beebs toques that you're trying to pump the value of. I am trying to pump the value. So full disclosure, I have two toques. If anybody didn't get those early on, I have them. <laughs> but yeah, it just furthers the collab between the two Canadian icons, if you will. So it'll be interesting to see how this impacts sales this quarter. But people do love their Tim Hortons. They do love Justin Bieber. And in fairness, you're the one that drinks most of the Tim Hortons of this relationship. You say this, I have it like once a week. But one thing I will say is that walking around, I live in downtown Toronto and walking around, I've been seeing Sean Mendes in my neighborhood a lot. And so one day, if I'm close by, I'll stop him and maybe we could do a Sean Mendes peak collab. How about that? That sounds great. That actually really does sound great. If you could do that, I would be willing to be replaced for Sean Mendes. How's that? Oh, you would be replaced. <laughs> Brett, aside from finding the new co-host who is more famous than me, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, municipal governments across Canada are cracking down on Airbnbs. For our second story, Elon Musk is trying to get out of the Twitter deal. And for our third story, it's day one of Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. For our first story, municipal governments across the country, including Winnipeg, Ottawa, and Charlottetown, are enforcing new regulations to get a grip on the booming short-term rental market ahead of the busiest summer travel season in years. Okay, Brett. I can imagine this is a pretty big debate in those communities. Let's walk the peak pals through both sides. There are passionate advocates on both sides. So short-term rentals are making affordable housing even scarcer in tourist-driven towns and big cities alike. Plus, when renters have no stake in the community, they're likely to make noise. I've never done this before, Jay. <laughs> make noise, get rowdy, or leave a mess impacting residents around them. On the other hand, short-term rentals can help homeowners earn additional income as the cost of living rises and guests both generate municipal tax income and tend to spend more where they stay, therefore creating jobs and supporting local businesses. Now, to strike a balance between promoting tourism and protecting community interests, local governments are rolling out new rules for short-term renters, like placing limits on the number of stays and only renters to list their primary residence. However, creating rules is a lot easier than enforcing those rules. In Montreal, elected officials admit they have little power to actually enforce the rules in an area that is supposed to be a short-term rental-free market, with one four-unit building solely catering to large Airbnb groups. And here's why it matters. Last year, new Canadian Airbnb hosts alone earned more than $230 million to the platform, which means the number of properties to enforce rules on continues to grow with platforms leaving local governments all on their own to carry out short-term rental rules. The high cost of enforcement might eat into that economic growth they'd expect to see from it. For our second story, if you're wondering what the return policy looks like on a $44 billion takeover deal, 
that makes you, us, and unfortunately, Elon Musk say, don't tell me Elon is reconsidering. We've been talking about this all the time. I would love to just see it get done. What's the latest? <laughs> so obvious what's about to happen. The billionaire threatened to walk away from buying Twitter in a letter that accuses the company of not complying with his request for data on the number of spam and fake accounts on the social media platform. This, according to a story in the Wall Street Journal. Now, spam and fake accounts are usually managed by robots. So it's bought on bots here and can be programmed to perform functions from tweeting out the weather to spreading false information. It's been about the bots for a while now, Brett hasn't. Bloomberg's Matt Levine points out that Musk cited fake accounts, many targeting him personally, as his reason to actually take over Twitter, saying, if our Twitter bid succeeds, we will defeat the spam bots or die trying. <laughs> well, you know, hey, those are bold words. Bots can be difficult to spot. It's going to have a tough job ahead of them. But according to a joint audit by two research groups, over 23% of Musk's 93 million followers on Twitter are likely fake or spam accounts. But something's not adding up. Musk bought Twitter to get rid of the spam bots, but now doesn't want to buy Twitter because of the spam bots. Looks like a bad case of buyer's remorse. And I, you know, we've all been there usually with coffee from Tim Hortons. Well, sometimes as he tries to either lower the price or exit the deal. No, buyer's remorse is like buying a whole package of sugar-coated donuts and eating them all in one sitting. Twitter CEO Parag Agarwal tweeted, we don't believe that this specific estimation can be performed externally given the critical need to use both public and private information, which we can't share. So that was his response to Elon's estimation of how many bots there were. Musk, in response to that, he tweeted back a poop emoji. He's such a talented business leader, but the company isn't looking to let Musk out of the agreement. Its board told the New York Times last month it believes Musk's offer is in the, quote, best interest of all shareholders. And for our third and final story today, day one of Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference kicked off yesterday with an updated iOS, a buy now, pay later service, and two new MacBooks, which have captured the most attention. Brett, you know I always love an Apple announcement. What's Tim Cook and the gang selling now? Well, here are some highlights. So Apple's iOS 16 revamps the iPhone lock screen, allowing users to change fonts and colors, create multiple lock screens that they can swipe through, and add widgets to display vital information beside the time, like weather or their calendars without having to unlock their phones. The company's also dipping its fingers into the increasingly popular buy now, pay later market. They've introduced Apple Pay Later, which allows users to pay for purchases with Apple Pay in four installments over six months, interest-free. And for those of us looking to update the old Rust buckets we're currently using, Apple is offering up two new models of their best-selling laptops, the MacBook Air and the 13-inch MacBook Pro, each of which will run on the new Ventura operating system and be powered by the M2 chip, which is, and this makes me jealous, 18 times more powerful than its predecessor. And so, Jay, why should Peak Pals care about Apple's latest announcements? Well, honestly, it could be just for the M2 chip, and I'd be down. But as the world's largest tech company and the second largest company, period, this is by market cap, Apple often sets the tone for technological innovation. Day one has been relatively light on that front with Apple's much-discussed leap into augmented reality not really making an appearance. AR products are in the works, though. They have mentioned that. Apple reportedly showed off its in-development AR headset to its board of directors last month. We might just have to wait until Apple's next big conference to see it. Big pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, at the top of the podcast, you said Airbnbs. 
Is that the plural of Airbnb or is it Airs BNB? It's definitely Airbnbs. Airs BNB. It doesn't make any sense. It's not multiple airs. It's like Chiefs of Staff. Yeah. I like the Chiefs of Staff. In other event, have a good Tuesday, Brett. Yeah, you too, Jay. <laughs>